Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? We have made it to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. A couple teams still in it that I don't think any of us really expected to be in it. We hoped, uh, but they they uh, have have defied all odds and have made it in here. We've got Dennis here with me. Matt is uh, taking care of some stuff today, so he will not be able to join us. The old crew back together again, uh, previewing the divisional round of the playoffs. No real NFL news to go over with. I guess we can touch on the one. Uh, head coach hire that is technically confirmed now uh, but outside of that not much else but playoff football Dennis how uh, how you doing today you know I'm doing fantastic uh, got the next three days off big dynasty nerds meeting on Saturday Cub Scout stuff to take care of tomorrow Browns playoff on Sunday I'm gonna be waking up Monday morning good and tired I was gonna say I heard I heard the rumors and the rumblings that a that a big meeting is going down up there in Ohio uh, here. Possibly only good things coming from that. So excited for you guys should be should be a whole lot of fun. As as Garrett posted, I believe his words were every time you guys have one of those meetings, something big, bigger and better comes out of those things. So should be a uh, should be very interesting. If you guys aren't a part of the nerd herd, you should become a part of it now, especially with all the. Film room stuff they've dropped. I know Garrett, Jared, and Nick did uh, did a show the other night. I don't think it's been posted yet, but they broke down Javante Williams, who is, uh, in my opinion, one of the great running back prospects in this draft, which I'm sure will pop up on the YouTube channel. You got Rich and Matt and Garrett doing a bunch of YouTube stuff now. Jordan with IDP, and I believe Marvin did one the other day for free agents, didn't he? He did a, a wide receiver breakdown. Gotcha. So. Wide receivers. So yeah, I mean, all kinds of YouTube content going on there. You guys definitely check them out. Uh, me and Dennis, obviously, and Matt, although Matt doesn't do quite as uh, much writing for, for them as, as me and Dennis handle over there, but Matt is a part of it as well. We're all proud, I think, to be part of the, the Dynasty Nerds brand. So definitely check them out as well with all the stuff they've got going on. So I guess let's jump off and talk about the head coaching hire so then we can just dive right in and talk about playoff football. Uh, has it actually been? Okay, look at that. Right now, Ian Rappaport, deal is done. So there you go, perfect timing. Thanks, Ian. I knew he was tuning into the podcast. I appreciate you dropping that knowledge on us now. Uh, Urban Meyer is officially the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I know I talked about it a little bit with Matt on one of the Monday shows when the, the rumors first came out. You know, I, I, li- I like Urban a lot. I'm very happy for what he was able to do for the Ohio State University and bringing that national championship to them. Uh, I'm not 100% sure that I think the offense he likes to run uh, will work out in the NFL. That being said, doesn't mean he can't hire it and bring in an offensive coordinator that runs a different kind of offense. I do think Urban is a great leader and coach of men, uh, so I do think he can be a very good overall head coach. I think that's, as a lot of people are pointing out, really good news for James Robinson with the way he loves to use running backs, at least the way he did in college. And I, I will say right now that I don't think there is any shot that Urban Myers takes Justin Fields. I, I think that it is all Trevor Lawrence locked up as the number one pick, even with Urban going to Jacksonville. What are your thoughts on, on uh, Urban Meyer heading to Jacksonville to become their new head coach? You know, a, a lot of it's going to depend on the offensive and defensive coordinator hires for me. Uh, he, he's notoriously a micromanager. And type A, buckling down on everything. You know, he coached the special teams. He was he he's that guy that has to. You know, you, you do. He's like Nick Saban in that regard. And my concern is that he's going to bring in an offensive coordinator, and then 
be over their shoulder on every little thing and and trying to do things that aren't going to necessarily work as well in the NFL as they did in college. You know, I've I've seen some talk on Twitter today about uh, you know imagine Lavisca Chenault in uh, Curtis Samuel's role at Ohio State. That's great, uh, but is it going to work as consistently as it did at Ohio State? You know, there's you know, Jacksonville was the Indiana of the NFL for the last few years. Yeah. You know that that works really well against Indiana and Northwestern, but when you're Indiana and Northwestern, so I. I I agree with you on fields. He's going, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. I think Shad Khan wants Trevor Lawrence. And I think whoever he hired was going to take Trevor Lawrence. So can he be successful? Yes, but he's going to have to do something antithetical to what he's been, which is step back and let his coordinators run things uh, and let them run it their way. And if it doesn't work out, then get new coordinators don't step in and take over and micromanage. So if he if he adopts and, and settles into that CEO role, could be great. Uh, I, I'm not real concerned with him grabbing a bunch of guys from Ohio State uh, to join his staff. The one guy I am concerned is Brian Hartline. That's my Hartline. Guess. He was an NFL receiver for a long time. He knows the NFL. Now, he's extremely successful at Ohio State. But, you know, you want to go to the highest level, and that's the NFL. And when, you know, you have a relationship with somebody like Heartline had, has with Meyer, it's it's really easy to say, yeah, I'm going to come in there. And, and honestly, you know, having a, a wide receiver room starting off with DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, you know, that's, that's pretty good to work with if I'm Brian Heartline. So. Yeah. That's really the only guy that jumps to mind that I'm concerned about him taking. Uh, but we'll see. He's the first one of the vacancies, so he gets to, you know, his his choice of who he wants is on a coaching staff because five other teams are still trying to to find their coach. Um, it, they have some work to do. So luckily, they've got some picks and they've got a couple young pieces, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I wish yeah. him success. Uh, especially since I don't have any 101s. Uh, I hope that there's just enough success that James Robinson, who I acquired a fair amount of shares of last offseason, and DJ Chark, uh, hopefully they can, you know, they can excel in his offense. Yeah, I mean, that seems to be the guy that everybody is the most excited about, and I would be too. I mean, obviously, he had guys like Zeke and Dobbins, who were all world talents to begin with that succeeded in that offense, but Mike Weber looked really good in that offense as well, and I think it's fair to say he's not quite up to those guys, and I would say that James Robinson's better than Weber. He had guys when he was down in Florida as well. Uh, Nobody's coming to the top of my head at the moment, but... He, he's done a very good job of making running backs look good in his scheme. So I really do think James Robinson is going to be the one that, that, uh, or possibly has a chance to succeed the most from this hire. Uh, I do think, you know, I'm with you on the Brian Hartline thing. The one thing I hope, uh, in, and me following Brian Hartline on Twitter, uh, he seems to talk a lot about how much he respects and loves Ryan Day. And there's a lot of, I know you probably yeah. saw it earlier in the season with the, Everybody saying Ryan Day might be leaving, and Brian Hartline would like retweet every time someone would say that and just start laughing and be like, Ryan Day is not going anywhere. So maybe that's a good thing, and that those two maybe have that connection as well. Because obviously, Meyer was the one who brought Hartline on. That maybe those two have developed a connection in Hartline and, and Day. So he doesn't leave. Because I'm with you with the way he's developed wide receivers at Ohio State, it would be a huge loss. I think the only person I saw was uh, Corey Dennis, which. I believe is his son-in-law, if I'm remembering correctly, Urban Meyer's son-in-law. So that I, I could see him leaving. He's the quarterbacks coach at Ohio State right now. I would think he's probably would go and join Meyer with the with the coaching staff in Jacksonville, especially with Meyer, who's always talking about wanting to be close with his family and everything like that. Obviously, he would be able to take the grandkids down there to, to Jacksonville. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I don't I don't see anybody else outside of probably those two leaving the Ohio State. Uh, program and and like you said first hire so he's going to get his pick of a lot of people it's going to be interesting to see how he fills out that staff um i'm with you on the lavisca thing as well i I mean look he did it at colorado too so he might be successful in that but you're gonna have to figure out different ways to do it because it's not going to be quite as successful as we saw curtis samuel uh doing it at ohio state but it's it's an interesting hire and i'm with you i'm i'm rooting for him as well like i said i've got nothing but love and respect for him for what he did 
uh, at Ohio State and for Ohio State. I think he's he helped put them back on the map uh, in a big way. Uh, but I, I'm just curious to see how that works out. I'll be rooting for him, though. I think it's kind of fun to see Jacksonville as a successful team. Like, they were even seems like forever ago. What was that, four years ago that they almost made it to the Super Bowl with Blake Bortles? So, I mean, it, it'd yeah. be fun to see them succeeding again. All right, so for the divisional round games, we've got two on Saturday and two on Sunday. The uh, early afternoon game on Saturday, we've got the 10-6 Rams who are going up against the Green Bay Packers. I actually think all four of these games have a chance to be really good games, uh, which is fun because it's been a couple years we've seen some of these divisional games not be close. Uh, this one specifically, I think, matches up very interestingly. So for the Rams, you got Donald uh, is on the injury report with the ribs, but McVay did come out today and say that I believe he quoted or put him as the Terminator or something like that, and he'll be good to go yeah. so we know donald will be out there uh cup still dealing with the knee walford is out with the neck and then obviously uh golf is still dealing with the thumb but he is expected to be the quarterback for the packers we've got lazard uh with the wrist uh saint brown with the knees a darius smith with the ankle thumb which i do think is big questionable because he's huge for that defense Obviously, the big matchup here is we've seen how good the Rams have been running the ball, and that's definitely the Packers' biggest weakness on defense is stopping the run. Their defense against the pass is phenomenal. I think they'll be able to do a good job of locking down Woods and Cup, especially with Goff struggling. That big matchup is going to come down to that defensive line and those linebackers going up against Akers and that offensive line. What are your takeaways from this game? Yeah, that, That's where my concern lies as well. Uh, the Packers gave up the sixth most most fantasy points to running backs in the NFL. So I know we're a little little more off of fantasy and more on the regular NFL football right now. Uh, but if you're giving up fantasy points, that means you're giving up yardage and touchdowns and receptions to running backs. Uh, so it, it's going to be it, – it's going to come down to whether or not uh, Woods and Cup can perform. Uh, if if Alexander and who's the other cornerback there in Green Bay? Uh, I can't even tell you. I I, I love uh, Jair. Yeah. He's the only one that I, I ever really think about. Let's see. I can pull it up. So really it, it, if, if they're shutting down Woods and Cup, you know, then it's gonna. Then you've got the the interior of the defense line and linebackers able to key on uh, uh, Acres. And so now all of a sudden Josh the options Jackson. are limited. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson. So, you know, I I like McVeigh's ability to plan, though lately it seems like his ability to adjust his plan uh, isn't quite up to snuff. So it, it'll be an interesting situation. I, I think that um, the Devontae Adams and uh, – uh, Jalen Ramsey matchup is going to be a good one as well. Um, I think I, I think Adams gets a little bit of that uh, just because he's well. Ramsey's a little bit bigger and probably you know one of the best cover cornerbacks, if not the best cover cornerbacks uh, in the NFL. Adams is just so shifty. He he can he creates space. Uh, so that's that's going to be really a, an opportunity to see if that goes away, then the Rams are really weak against the tight end. So we could see a whole bunch of Bobby Tanyan going on this weekend uh, against the Rams if uh, Ramsey is able to shut down or, or contain. I, I wouldn't, ex you know, I, I think if if Ramsey and, and the Rams come out with Devontae Adams catching you know, eight balls for 85 yards and maybe yeah. one touchdown. That That is something I think that they would consider a win. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I do expect, obviously, those two to match up most of the game. I think the one thing that works in Adam's favor is that LaFleur moves him all around. He, will, he won't always be on the outsides. He'll be in the slot, and I don't think Ramsey will move. He usually doesn't shadow into the slot, so I think that when he moves into the slot, you might not see Ramsey on him, but otherwise, I think that's kind of one of the more exciting matchups of the weekend because, especially with the way Ramsey's been, he's been, <clears throat> excuse me, phenomenal this year he saw him kind of struggle a little bit last year maybe that was dealing with the injuries in Jacksonville then getting traded over to the Rams and not really knowing that defense entirely and kind of getting used to it but this year he's been the guy that we all expected him to be uh, and has been throughout his entire career so that's going to be huge for the Packers side of it we know that the Rams defense I mean they're the number one defense in the NFL right now and so if you're shutting down Adams 
Like I know you just said, obviously Bobby Tanyan is, is kind of where they're weak, but usually Aaron Rodgers' next checkdown guy is Aaron Jones. And the Rams this year go all the way back to week three before you can find a running back that they have given up 85 rushing yards against. I mean, that's how good this defense has been against the run. So what are you expecting out of Rodgers and Aaron Jones, especially if Adams does get shut down? Well, I, I think it'll come down to uh, Lazard and uh, MVS and Tanyan stretching. They're, they're going to have to make plays 20 yards downfield. They're going to have to convert down there. Um, and right now my money's going to be on Tanyan to be the one because that's where the Rams are weakest. MVS, at least twice, MVS is going to get behind that Rams defense. Whether he catches the ball or not is a real crapshoot, which is yeah. so unfortunate because, man, he's like, a, he's like a great big giant Deshaun Jackson if he could just catch the ball consistently. I mean, 6'3", 220 pounds, 4'3", 940. If he, if he just was consistent with his hands. Uh, but he's going to get behind him. Lazard is going to work a little bit closer. I, I still think regardless of how tight – you know, Devontae is going to get his. And the Rams against the run, you know, you said going back all the way back to week three. So they're third fewest fantasy points against wide receivers. Now, they did give up 81 receptions to wide receivers, though, which is what fourth highest of the uh, playoff teams left. So Jones is doing a lot of work in the receiving game. Yeah. And he's so dynamic. Uh, it's going to be a great matchup. You know, I love Aaron Donald. The Rams linebackers have been getting it done. Micah Kaiser and and those guys. Uh, who's the one guy? Equibom just makes yeah, those. His, uh, Brockers, he makes the those. Other one, right. Brockers is the Brockers. De defensive tackle. Tackle. Okay. Yeah, Equibom or I forget how you pronounce it exactly without looking at it, but he just makes a splash play. He may not be as consistent, but he makes some splash plays. And with Bakhtari out, you know that that's going to be a, a, I think, a, a point of attack for the Rams. Yeah. The big yeah, thing, I, the the edge. Aaron Rodgers is the edge. Yeah. You know he's gonna he. I, I think it's going to take him probably two drives, and he'll have deciphered what the Rams are doing. And then he's going to make plays. It's just, yeah, can they make plays on the other end of the ball? That That's going to be the big thing. The The X factor is Aaron Rodgers. Because you've got, you know, and you just mentioned it. I don't know how many people have been talking about. That was kind of what I was looking at. Bakhtiari being out is huge. And they brought in the offensive lineman from uh, the Indianapolis Colts this past weekend. Who Bell ended up unfortunately getting COVID. is now on the COVID list. So they're not even being able to use him. And so Aaron Rodgers is definitely the X factor because you've got Aaron Donald and those guys going up against him. I think it's going to be a really interesting matchup. I don't expect the Packers to put up the amount of points that they've been putting up, but I am picking the Packers to win this one. I think they find a way to pull it out just because I think that offense is going to be a little bit better. Like you just said, I think it's going to be putting the pressure on the Rams offense to not necessarily keep up, but to try and keep pace at least a little bit with the Packers. And I don't think that they can do that, at least in the passing game, because I agree. I think they're going to try and focus in on trying to stop Akers. And I'm not sure that, you know, Cups and Cup and Woods will be able to do that much against Alexander and uh, Jackson. So I'm taking the Packers. Uh, Matthew Fox, uh, he picked the Packers as well. Who are you taking? It is a clean sweep. All right. Next up, the after or the night game. I'm sorry for Saturday. The 11 and five Baltimore Ravens at the 13 and three Buffalo Bills. Marcus Peters questionable for Baltimore on Buffalo side. We know Zach Moss is out with the ankle injury. Cole Beasley dealing with the knee. Diggs the oblique and Edmonds the knee. All questionable, but all should play. Uh, Ravens were the regular season's hottest team in December. They came into the playoffs riding a high. They kind of peaked right at the perfect time. Uh, do you think that they can keep it going against this, bu this Buffalo Bills defense? A lot like the last game we just talked about, Buffalo's strength is the passing defense. Their weakness is the rushing defense, and that is exactly what Baltimore's strength is on offense. So it's strength for strength in this game. It's going to be a, a, a challenge. I, I know they there was some call for – they expected snow, but now it's looking like the snow isn't really going to affect it. Um, 
I think the passing game with with Edmonds dinged up a little bit. I would expect Mark Andrews to do his thing there in the middle. Um, with Moss out, uh, or, or excuse me, still on the Ravens side of the ball, uh, it depends on if the Ravens are gonna. You know, can they figure out to give the ball to J.K. Dobbins? Come on, can we? Can J.K. Dobbins have the ball already? Give him twenty carries. Let's. It's the playoffs. Let's just try it. Let's see. Uh, but, you know, if it's cold and wet and slippery, uh, the the offense has the advantage. And the Ravens, uh, you know, Lamar is a more dynamic runner than, than Allen. And uh, Dobbins is a better runner than Singletary. I think the, the – I think it's going to be a very close and hard-fought game. Uh, yeah. I just if it's windy, Josh Allen is going to have the edge in the passing game because he's got the big arm. Uh, and it could be a game if the weather turns bad. It wouldn't surprise me if Baltimore only passes the ball twelve times because yeah. they know they can run it. it it it's a it's one of those games where if all of a sudden the weather turns and they expect it to be really bad, that they activate Mark Ingram out of the blue. He could be one of those could be one of those games where we're like, you know what, we're going to need a mutter. We need somebody that weighs 225, 230 pounds that's going to be able to hammer it in there, three yards in a pile of snow, and you know that's Ingram. Yeah, I think it's. I'm worried because the Bills are the team that I, I've picked uh, when we talked about. I thought they were the team that matches up perfectly with Kansas City if both those teams make it. And this is going to be a tough matchup for the Bills because I, you just mentioned it. Dobbins is a much better runner than Devin Singletary. The problem is I think Baltimore's strength on their defense comes in that secondary and I easily banged up. Now Diggs, I think, is can match up with any of them, whether it's Humphreys, Peters, you know, yeah. if that whatever in different formations he ends up against Jimmy Smith. I believe Diggs can beat any of them. But those guys can also beat Diggs at time as well. All those guys are extremely talented. Beasley banged up. You know, in Allen, we saw it a little bit in that game last week at the Colts uh, at the end of the game when the Colts were starting to put pressure on him. He started to get a little bit of that hero ball back in, and we saw in that game last year against Texans. It almost cost him the game with that fumble. Do we see that happen again? Because if he does that and this secondary makes a pick, that this Baltimore team is good enough to keep the ball away from him. I think it's going to be a very tight game. I think really for me, this is the matchup of the weekend because of the strength on strength. There's really neither one of this. It's the strength on strength that this, both these teams are going up against. It's going to be really fun to watch. I think you've got two really good young quarterbacks, both in the same draft class, obviously both kind of not really anybody thought highly of either. Like when the bills drafted Josh Allen, everybody was kind of like, what are the bills doing? And then obviously Baltimore trades up to get Lamar at pick 32. And everybody was like, Oh, he's as he loves to say, he's a running back, not a wide receiver. So going to be right. a very, I think a very good game between both of these teams. I'm really excited uh, to get a chance to watch this one. For me, I'm going to go Bills. I don't feel great about that pick, uh, but I think it, it's more because I just want to see them win. I think they're they just they're that team this year that I just I really want to see at least make it to the Super Bowl. I, I love the way that they've been playing. I'm, I'm hoping for their fans that they get to do it. So I'm going to take uh, Buffalo. As is Matt Fox. Who are you picking in this one? I uh, I was debating about picking Baltimore. Um, because I thought I picked Josh Allen last week, but I picked Lamar last week. <laughs> Trying to be strategic here. I uh, think it's yeah. going to be a close, close, close game. And and what you mentioned, if Allen, if if the Bills are behind by four in the last four minutes, and Allen has the ball, he's going and he's trying to make a play, and he's been getting knocked around. And it's you know if it's a fourteen ten game in the fourth quarter with three, four minutes left, the pressure's mounting. They haven't been able to move the ball. You know, that's where it's going to get dicey for them. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Buffalo. 
Uh, I did forget to mention this. I forgot, uh, Matt, uh, did, he did send us his stuff. He's the one who does all of our, our show sheet stuff for us. So he picked the Packers to win 20 to 17. Uh, and then in this one, as I mentioned, he picked the Bills. He picked the Bills to win 27 24. That's what I was actually going to bring up. I f- completely forgot who the Ravens kicker was for a second in my head. And I was like, hey, at least if it gets close, the Bills have a guy like Tyler Bass who can absolutely drill the ball. And then I'm like, oh, well, actually, the Ravens got Justin Tucker. So it's not, they don't even have the advantage right. there either. So yeah, it's. It's. I think that's going to be an amazing game. I can't. I can't wait to watch that one. Uh, so on to Sunday now, the afternoon game. We've got the eleven and five Cleveland Browns at the fourteen and two Kansas City Chiefs for the Browns and Joku questionable, but I believe he's expected to play. And then the Browns look like they're getting everyone back from COVID, coaching and player wise, which is huge uh, for this team. Getting all those defensive guys back, Joe Batonio on the offensive line as well is is big. Uh, the Browns came in hot, obviously in that wild card round. Kind of jumped Blitz Pittsburgh, obviously. We talked about it on Monday. 28 points in the first quarter, the most ever scored in a playoff game. Obviously, a lot of that helping coming from the defensive side. Not necessarily something you can do against Kansas City. Now, I don't mean blitzing them like that and getting up quick, but we saw Ben Roethlisberger kind of come back really, really big on him, and I would think it's fair to say at this point that Patrick Mahomes is better than Ben Roethlisberger at this point in, the, at this point in time in their careers. Uh, so obviously, you're going to have to play a little bit better. Now again, they are getting a lot of players back. What is uh, What are your thoughts on this one from, from Cleveland's side, and then we'll go talk about Kansas City in a minute. So I, I think Kansas City's defense is a little bit underrated. Um, you know, they've, they've had to... It, Frank Clark puts an awful lot of pressure uh, on the quarterback. Uh, they've got some good guys there. And, and it's easy to forget about them because that offense is so explosive. Uh, I think it, it's going to – the decision is going to be made on whether or not Cleveland uh, is successful holding the ball. If they can run the ball, uh, Kansas City gave up the ninth most rushing yards in the NFL this year. Uh, 10th most fantasy points to running backs. Um, It could be another big Chubb and Hunt game. They gave up 93 receptions to running backs. Now, I don't know how much of that is they were just out. They had a, you know, a three score lead and the the other team was playing catch up. So obviously they've got a passing back in there, but they still gave up the ninth most rushing yards in the NFL as well, which is substantial. And, you know, Nick Chubb is a grown ass man. And yep. I think if he's tearing up four and five and six yards, 10 yards of carry, uh, breaking off those chunk plays like that and keeping Mahomes sitting on the sideline, it's going to put a lot of pressure on them. Uh, I'm, uh, on the Baker and Jarvis are not, uh, come from behind matchup yeah. guys yeah if it, it's gonna if, if if for some reason you know greedy not playing the last couple of weeks because he's out with COVID and Kevin Johnson and our white our defensive backs are still you know they're not on their a game and all of a sudden you know we get Tyreek Hill and uh Travis Kelsey running down the field let me see here Cleveland gave up the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends yeah that's the big one. So that's going to be the big matchup. Oh, and they gave up the sixth most to wide receivers. So yeah. Cleveland, if Cleveland can't hold the ball and score on every drive, uh, then they're going to end up being being behind and playing from behind, which is going to hamper Nick Chubb and, and uh, that offense in general. Because that's Baker gets squirrely. He's still, you know, as much as he's improved since last year. He can still get squirrely and make some terrible throws. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll say for Baker, he's done for the most part a good job since about, what was that, probably the bye week. I think he's only thrown two interceptions since the bye week. So so he's definitely done better. You mentioned, obviously, they give up a lot of uh, yards on the ground. The Chiefs do. We saw that's how the Raiders were able to beat them earlier this year, and I do think that's the blueprint you have to go on uh, to beat them. So I did a little bit more digging into this game. I apologize to our our podcasting audience here. I wonder why. 
we're not, yeah, since we're not doing a whole lot of fantasy stuff here, obviously the Browns mean more to me than most of these other teams. So I was looking at this and uh, some of this I also got from, uh, if, for any of you Browns fans, you'll know Nathan Zagura who does the, the Brown stuff. I, I got some of this stuff from him as well. He was tweeting about it. I heard him talk about it. So uh, Mahomes is nine. He's only lost nine games since 2018. I mean, that's nine games in three years is pretty spectacular. If you really look at it, it's only been seven because he, or I, I should say it really only eight because the second one that he lost this year, he didn't actually play in. So I don't know if they counted that or not. It looked like they counted that as a loss for him. He didn't play in the game, but he is, however, two and six when the Chiefs hold time of possession for under 25 minutes. So they're a team that even though they have that quick strike offense, if they're held to under 25 minutes of possession, they lose those games. So six of his losses have come from that. Cleveland's average time of possession this year is 30 minutes and 55 seconds. Goes to what you were talking about with the way they run the ball. They like to run the ball, control the clock. That's Kevin Stefanski's game. It's what they're going to have to do here. I, I think that part matches up very well for the Browns. What I also think helps out the Browns is what Kevin Stefanski, we've seen him doing really since the bye week. This has also now become an offense where he's shown, hey, you don't, we, we can beat you with the short passing game now too. We've seen Bakers come out and thrown the ball a whole lot more than we have earlier in the season, where if I think if the Chiefs focus on trying to stop Chubb and Hunt, they're going to start using that short passing game. They're just going to keep moving the chains, moving the chains, and then get down in the red zone, still eating up a lot of clock. We've got to see it a little bit in that Pittsburgh game at times. And in the uh, in the Pittsburgh game in week 16, I think it was the third, in the third quarter, they came out on one point, I think it was the first drive of the third quarter, and wasted like six minutes of the clock. That's exactly what you need to do against a team like Kansas City. You need to waste that time. So I do think that they match up really well. I'm not worried about the Browns scoring with the Chiefs. I think that they can keep it close there. The big thing is going to come down to what you talked about is the defense. That defense has got to come up with a stop two if possible because if you get into a shootout with Mahomes I agree I don't think you can keep up but a couple of things obviously Ward coming back Ward I think for the most part can run with Hill my worry with Ward is we saw it with Miles Garrett when he first came back from COVID he was still a little bit weaker he he talked about how it was hard for him to kind of keep his breathing under control at times so we don't know how close Ward is to 100% he was out for two weeks because of COVID you know, is he that is he close enough to be able to stick with Tyreek Hill on most of the game? Because I think he's going to have to be the one. Johnson coming back into the slot, I think, is huge because he's been phenomenal this year as well. Whether they put him up against, you know, Kelsey at times, Watkins, Hardman, whomever, I think Johnson will do a good job there. Woods is going to be the key here. And I, I honestly didn't know. This is what I got from Nathan Zagur. I forgot all about this. I forgot that Woods was the secondary coach for the 49ers in the Super Bowl last year where he, for the most part, did a very good job of shutting down that team. There was a couple blown coverages that the Chiefs scored on, but outside of that, they did a really good job of holding Kansas City in check. Now, granted, they have a much better defensive team all around in San Francisco than the Browns do, but Woods did a lot of that, and he talked about it. Switched up a little bit last week against um, Pittsburgh. Up until last week, they had run 1% of two cover two throughout the year, barely ever using it. Last week in the first quarter alone, they used it 25% of the time. And in each of those times that they used it, every time they used that cover two defense is when they got the turnovers on Big Ben. So that was huge. Obviously, that Wood showed things to that offense that they weren't expecting. Studying the tape, didn't see him using that. I think you're going to try, you have to try and do that against Mahomes. Can you? I don't know. Mahomes is a brilliant, he's one, he is the best, probably, right there with Aaron Rodgers. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. So it's not easy, I would assume, to confuse him. Biggest thing, I think for Garrett and those guys, they got to get pressure on him without blitzing. I look to Mahomes against the blitz. 32 touchdowns, one interception. So blitzing him, he clearly, he's just like Brady, Breeze. He sees where the weakness is. He's going to hit you on it real quick, and you're done. So Garrett's going to have to be that guy who gets pressure on him without bringing the blitz, and then they obviously have to keep him in the pocket because we all know once Mahomes starts extending the plays, it, it goes into backyard football, and it's hard, even for a guy as talented as Ward, to cover a guy like Tyree Kill when all of a sudden it's, I can go wherever I want kind of thing. So it's going to be, I think, a really good matchup. I, I don't expect the Browns to get blown out in this one. I do think that they're going to be able to keep it close because of what you talked about and what I was just talking about with the offense. We've seen even when teams focus in on trying to stop Chubb, even if they do it for a quarter, maybe two quarters, eventually Chubb gets going and you can't slow him down. And I do think Hunt's going to come out there with a little bit of chip on his shoulder. I just hope he doesn't get 
too emotional. Sometimes I've seen him, he gets a little too hyped up, and that's when he's kind of fumbled the ball and struggled a little bit. I, I hope Hunt kind of keeps his emotions in check, but uh, I've already seen him tweeting out all that stuff and everything about how this is a big game for him as well. So what are your thoughts on the Chiefs side here going up against this Browns team offensively and defensively? Well, with the Browns being so poor against the tight end and the fact that all season uh, – it hasn't mattered whether you're good against the tight end or not. Travis Kelsey going to catch 10 for 120 and at least a touchdown. Uh, that's my, my concern is that when they have to convert, it's, it's Mahomes to Kelsey. Hill is going to be there to provide the big plays. Uh, McCole Hardman on an end around uh, CEH out of the backfield. Uh, you know, we could see more Lev Bell this game because, you know, he spent his career, most of his career playing in the AFC beast there. Um, so he's familiar with the Browns. Um, but it's really going to come down to, like you said, pressure. If that offensive line can keep Garrett and Ogan Joby uh, and those guys from getting pressure on Mahomes, and if they get pressure, if they can wrap him up, it, it really comes down to, to that. Um, I think that Mahomes is probably going to win more of those battles uh, than he loses. And that's what's going to make it frustrating for the defense is, is Mahomes being able to convert. You know, I, I think Rodgers is the comp for Mahomes if I'm talking about play. They're mobile enough. They're fast enough. Young, young Rodgers. He wasn't afraid to get out there, and he'd run it for 20 yards. If you left it open and you had everybody covered, he'd take that. He, you know, he wasn't like some of these other quarterbacks that were looking for uh, yardage on the run. Um, he wanted to extend plays, and he had the arm to make unconventional throws. Uh, Rodgers does, and, and Mahomes does, and that's really where uh, I think the edge lies. Baker wants to be like that but he's not as fast, he's not as big, and he doesn't have as good of an arm. And, and so it's it's like – but he still tries, you know. It's great that he tries, but I, I just feel like we're in for uh, – as Browns fans, you know, we need to get ready for the moral victories. Hey, I, you know, I told some people today, uh, one of my customers is a, is a huge Ohio State uh, fan, actually has uh, season tickets to the Browns, goes back every, uh, she flies back every weekend to to watch, well, obviously she's not doing it this year, but would fly back and go see the Browns games, has been to multiple Ohio State games, and we were talking about it today, and regardless of what happens, I, I'm perfectly happy with the way this season went for the Browns, I, I didn't, Obviously, I picked them. I think all three of us picked them to make the playoffs this year, but I don't think I really believed it could happen, and then it did happen. And then obviously as well, them going and beating Pittsburgh in the first round. Like we all, I had hoped, obviously, me and you picked them to win last week, but there was part of me that really thought that there was a chance it wasn't going to happen. So the right. fact that it did uh, was an amazing feeling. You know, I'm not expecting them to go out there and beat the Chiefs. If it did, I think I'd party harder than I did last week when they beat Pittsburgh. But if they lose, it's not something that's going to be demoralizing like losing in the past has been. It's one of those things where we know the Brown, they're they're moving forward now. I can truly believe that even if they go out there and lose to Kansas City on Sunday, that I believe this this franchise is finally heading in the right direction. It's not one of those things, well, we'll get them next year kind of thing. I truly believe that we're now going to be able to compete with the top teams in the league. Uh, but I'm with you on the Mahomes thing. I think he's, just like we talked about Aaron Rodgers being the X factor for the Packers, he's the X factor for the Chiefs. If you cannot find any way, and when I say, what's what's that very famous quote, uh, you can't hope to stop them, you can only hope to contain them or something like right. that. Like That's what they're going to have to do. And I don't even think you can contain Mahomes. It's, can you keep them to like three touchdowns? Can can you keep them to three or four? Like can, You can't have them go out there and throw six. If you throw six, you're not going to win. I, the defense, I, I do think that they they are underrated, and if they can stop Chubb, then I do think they'll be able to make issues for Baker because Baker, you know, I think he's been phenomenal in this second half, but 
The one thing I think is working for Baker is they've got nothing to lose, kind of like last week. I don't think they have any pressure on him at this point. Nobody expected him to be here. It's one of those things where Baker can just go out there and play, and I think that's where he thrives uh, when he gets into those situations. So Matt picked the Chiefs to win 31-30, so he's expecting it to be a close game as well. I can't do it. I'm taking the Browns. I can't pick against them. I never do it. I believe, I truly, when I say that, I truly do believe they have a chance to win this game. I've been telling everybody all week that I think that they're going to pull the upset. I'm not going to back down now. Maybe it's my heart, you know, ruling over my head, but I, I expect it to be a close game like Matt put on there. Um, I, I, I do expect both teams to get into the 30s, but I think the Browns just find a way to squeak it out again. And What's interesting is I actually did have the Browns losing to the Chiefs in this game when we redid our playoff thing earlier. I said, you know, hey, they're going to get there. I think I had them beating um, – I don't think – I know it wasn't Pittsburgh. It may have been the Raiders. I didn't have Pittsburgh getting into the playoffs. I remember that. So, uh, But I, I had them losing to the Chiefs in this round, and then I actually had it Chiefs and Baltimore playing in in the in the uh, – the, conference what is it conference finals next week right yeah so yeah but i'm i'm doing it i'm taking the browns to win who are you picking i am taking the kansas city chiefs i believe the browns have a chance to win i believe they have a decent chance to win i just think that we're a year early Hey, I, I I can't like I said I can't disagree with that. I just you know my my heart my head they tell me two different things. I'm I'm gonna go with the heart because I I want that to be right. So last game of divisional weekend, the 11-5 Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the 12-4 New Orleans Saints. Ronald Jones is questionable. Evans is still recovering, but, I mean, he did look good at times last week. Godwin questionable, but is expected to play. For New Orleans, Jared Cook and Latavius Murray are questionable. Traquan Smith has been designated to return, so he should be back. The big one is Taysom Hill. Uh, that is a guy that they've been using, obviously, to help Drew Brees, who I think is still trying to knock off some of the rust of being out from getting, I mean, just his entire chest and midsection getting blown up with all the broken ribs and collapsed lung. I do think Hill, if he's out, I don't remember if he, I didn't see if he practiced today. I know he did not practice yesterday. If he's not able to practice Friday, that's going to be huge for the Saints. They they need him in the way that they've been using him here as of late. But the Saints swept the Buccaneers this year. First game, first game of the season was a fairly close game. The, the Saints won comfortably, but it was still a good game for the most part. Obviously, that second game on the Sunday night, they blew him out 35-3. to three. Uh, Do you have any worries about the Saints? They, they tend to have fallen apart kind of in the playoffs here the past couple years. And the Bucs, do you think that they might be peaking at the right time? Yeah, I, uh, you know, the, the Saints are, have had a troubled season and it's not just, uh, Drew Brees getting his ribs shattered in the, the late in the season, the issues that have gone on with Mike, uh, Thomas, Michael Thomas, um, the other, uh, you know, it, they've had a fair amount of COVID issues as well. So they've had people out, um, it, it, to me, I, I feel like Drew Brees, uh, his arm didn't look great before the broken ribs. And, and it, while it seems great, well, he doesn't throw the, you know, Michael Thomas only catches seven yards slants anyways. I get it, but you've got to be able to do some other stuff. I, I feel like, unfortunately, I feel like it's the end of the road for Drew Brees. And, yeah. uh, you know, they're going to have to be carried by Kamara. You know, Jared Cook is not consistent enough. Um, they've got a good defense. You know, uh, uh, oh, what's his name? Cameron. Uh, Are you talking about Cameron Jordan? The, yeah, the, yeah, Cameron Jordan uh, has, has been playing lights out. And, and they've got some good defensive backs, which they're going to need. So, the opportunity is there. I just feel like Tampa, there's just so much power, firepower on the Tampa side of the ball, even if they're dinged up. Uh, you know, Brady's arm isn't what it was either, but I still think he's got more left in the take. Tampa's defense, the defenses I think are pretty even. Uh, I just think I give the edge to the Tampa offense. Yeah, so uh, 
I'm with you. It's going to be a very close game. Again, I think all these games are going to be really good. What's interesting is obviously everybody likes to point out, you know, the, or what everybody loves to say is it's hard to beat a team three times, but then if you actually go back and look at it, when teams have matched up three times, twice in the regular season and once in the playoffs, uh, the team that swept the series wins 65% of the time. That's a pretty good average victory right there. However, I think the, the, the qualifier in this one or the thing that makes this different is Tom Brady has never lost to a team three times in one year. So that is something I guess you can put on there. You know, I think it's fair to say earlier in the year, again, I know there was a lot of Tom Brady was working with his guys in the offseason when they weren't supposed to, but still no preseason games, no real practices. We have seen Tampa Bay kind of peaking here in the past half part of the season. Uh, Tom Brady's been playing good. So has this offense. And, you're right. I mean, Drew Brees, whether it was the injuries, whatever's been going on, he he, I, he just doesn't look quite to be the same guy. You know, I said early in there, I thought this was going to be his last year in the NFL, regardless of if they made it to the Super Bowl or not. And it looks like that's kind of the way it's leaning right now. I just think I believe in Peyton and the Saints a little bit more than I do Tampa Bay. And some of that comes from... And I think I brought it up last week as well that everybody keeps talking about how good Tampa Bay's offense has been. They didn't look great against Washington last week. I mean, Washington looked good. And I mean, that defense made Tyler Henneke look like he was Patrick Mahomes out there playing. Like it was, they made a guy who, no disrespect to Taylor Henneke, but he's not Drew Brees. And I, I know Brees has been struggling, but I think I take Brees over Tyler Henneke at this point every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Like I just, I think breeze is a phenomenal quarterback and, and Henneke is, is good for what he does, but he's new Drew breeze. Tampa Bay played a lot of really bad teams down the end of the stretch. Atlanta twice Detroit Lions secondary was not good. Uh, can't remember who was. There was somebody else in there. They played. That was just not Minnesota Vikings secondary. They played a lot of teams with not very good defenses and they were able to put up a lot of points on them. Well, that's what you do when you play bad teams. New Orleans is not a bad team. I do think that out of all the games, this is right there with Baltimore Buffalo and just kind of like a flip a coin and you're probably going to be right game. I'm just, maybe it's again, same thing I was just saying with the Browns. Maybe it's more of, I want to see at least breeze and Peyton get that shot to make it to the Super Bowl by getting to the NFC championship game. So I'm, going to pick the Saints to win. Uh, Matt picked them as well, 27-24. I think it's going to be right around the same thing, 30-27, 31-30, something like that. It's going to be a very close game. I honestly think it's whichever one of these quarterbacks gets the ball last is going to find a way to manufacture that drive to win them that game. That's going to be huge. Going to be a great game. Who are you picking, Dennis? I am going with Tampa Bay. All right, so you have a chance to make up a game on us because I believe we are all tied at this point because we all, me and you picked the Browns, but he picked someone different than us last week, I think, didn't he? I'm trying to remember what our picks know. were last week because we all he picked Seattle. I know. I should have asked him. I know he picked <laughs> Seattle. We all picked Seattle, I believe. Did you pick the Rams or did he pick the Rams? I know I picked Seattle. I I don't remember. So I th- I'm pretty sure we all picked Seattle. Uh, and then I know he picked Pittsburgh, but we picked the Browns. So maybe we're one up on him. I can't remember, but I know we were pretty in lockstep with everything else. And most of those games went the way, Oh, look at that. Matt's here. So Matt took Tampa last week. Oh, that's that. You two took Tampa though. I picked Washington, right? Did you pick Washington? Oh, okay. So we are tied. Uh, All right. Okay. So we are tied. So this is our chance. This is Dennis's chance to make up a game on me and me and Matt here. Cause we've been, well, I'm screwed because I also picked Cleveland, so I have a chance to drop two on you guys because you guys both took Kansas City, and then Dennis is taking Tampa Bay. Uh, so gonna be gonna be a good game of weekend. So we're gonna continue with our, our weekly competition here. Uh, so week two, Matt, since you're there, I assume you're watching. Since you're, did you get a chance to do the uh, the points up, or we'll, we'll wait till next week and go through the two rounds of points because I didn't see the points on here. I don't. I don't like the way my lineup looks right now. I can promise you that. So I don't think I. I did. I did use uh, Diggs, so I got some good points from him. I think, but outside of that, I'm not feeling great about the rest of my lineup. With you know Rodrigo Blankenship missing like two field goals in that game, that kind of hurt me. But Matt's lineup this week again. This is the our weekly competition. You can only use a player once throughout the playoffs. So Matt Fox this week is going Josh Allen, Nick Chubb. He'll have it updated on Monday. All right, cool. I appreciate that. Uh, so he go again, going Josh Allen, 
Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Michael Thomas, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Rob Gronkowski, the Saints defense, and Mason Crosby. Dennis, who are you taking for your week two lineup? I am going with Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Mark Andrews, the Tampa Bay defense, and uh, Ryan Suckup from Tampa Bay is my kicker. All right. And then so we are kind of close on some of these guys. So I'm going Mahomes because I expect them to lose this week, so I can't use them again. So I, I'm doing a – oh, shoot, I messed that up. Dang it. can only use one player from each team. I put Kelsey on here too. Damn. Who oh, I, I might have screwed – I screwed that up then too. Did you? Because I took two from Tampa. Yeah, I took uh, two no. from Tampa. And uh, and Cleveland. Yep. Well, dang. Okay, we got to adjust ours really quick. So – you know what? I'll take Mahomes out. I'm keeping Kelsey. I'll go out. No, yeah. Ah, dang it. I can't go. Wait. No, I can't go Baker. Do I, want, I don't want to go Rodgers. Who else? I don't really want to go Breeze at all. Uh, screw it. I'm going Allen. No, you know what? I didn't. I can't use Lamar. Shit. This is harder than I thought it was going to be. I'm going to go Allen. Oh, well. Might as well use him. All right, so I've got Josh Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Jarvis Landry, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, Will Lutz, and the Packers defense going for me this week. Who are you switching oh. out, Dan? All right, let's see. I'm going to swap in Devontae Adams. I'm Josh Allen. Uh, so who's what team's that lead? Kicker defense because those both Tampa Bay. So one of those, that's all. Okay. Uh, so I'm trying to figure out where I'm missing. I think I'm missing. I'm going to go Harrison Butker. I don't have anybody from Kansas City. So I've got Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, Cam Akers, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Mark Andrews, the Tampa Bay defense, and Harrison Butker. All right. So. That will do it for us today. Uh, we appreciate everybody who's been listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Well, I've not said that in probably like a year, and so I, I keep forgetting to bring that up. But rate, review, and subscribe. We'd appreciate it. You can follow Dennis at culture underscore coach. You can follow me at Sports Fanatic MB. And, of course, you can follow Matt at Nighthawk7734. We will be back on Monday to recap the divisional round, talk about any um, any other news. There's a lot of talk that maybe we'll see more coach hires uh, happen this weekend with the first one falling. Uh, looks like Salah's gotten a couple of different interviews, so that'll that'll be fun to see who all starts landing in different places. Good luck to anybody in their playoff matchups if you've got a team in it, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. Go Browns. Prepare for glory!